welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to the program. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we are talking with a very special musical guest, Andy Z. Plus, we will be reviewing the films Pitch Perfect 2 and Tomorrowland. So, as I said, we have a very special guest, Andy Z, who is a music artist who performs a variety of fun original songs for children and a bunch of really awesome classic children's songs. Uh, So, Andy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. Um, So, talk to us a little bit about your music style. Uh, my music style. Well, it's a very interesting thing because I, you know, I, I specialize in family music. So family music is is interesting because, at least in my case, uh, I don't have a particular genre that I focus on. So uh, you know, some of my songs, uh, you know, I, I, it ranges from everything from like Celtic music to hip hop to pop to even alternative. Uh, but it's all for kids and a lot of it is music and movement based uh now the exception is this latest album which is actually classic songs and traditional tunes uh american tunes Mm -hmm. i think that's so fun that you're able to you know as a musician explore so many different varieties of music and so many different genres because i feel like a lot of um artists sort of limit themselves to one genre and i think it's really cool that you're able to bring such a wide variety of music to children and families um so speaking of your new album talk to us a little bit about classic songs and traditional tunes well uh classic songs and traditional tunes is my sixth studio album and it's a little it's a actually quite a departure from uh, my previous, I'd say, four albums, uh, which are pretty much considered audio plays. In other words, there's uh, uh, the focus is on the songs, and the songs are separate tracks on the album, but, uh, but there are dialogue tracks in between where I'm, uh, where I'm either giving a tour of Andyland, or it's almost like a, 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 almost like a movie, you know, an audio movie kind of thing, uh, where I'm interacting with characters, or I'm saying lines and things like that, so it's a, it's a kind of a storyline or a tour but this particular one is actually more of a uh, you know traditional <laughs> traditional just like the album title uh, more of a traditional format which is basically it's just a collection of songs so uh so it's a collection of songs and they're all either uh you know, traditional tunes or their classic uh, American tunes, and it's basically it's basically a folk album. I would I would call it, but it's a family folk album. Mm-hmm. I love folk music and especially family oriented folk music. Here in Boulder, we always get so many artists come and play you know songs like that for families and kids. So I love it, and I think that's really cool that you're incorporating that on this album. So, how did you decide what songs to include on this album? Well, uh, yeah. It was tough. It was actually really tough. Uh, part of it came from when I decided that I was going to do uh, an album like this. Uh, I actually already had had some requests from uh, fans or parents of my fans who said, you know, you should really do an, a version of this or you should do a real. We've always wanted to hear you do this, this song, you know. Um, and I also actually went out on social media a little bit on my fan pages and things like that. And I actually posted. I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to do a classic songs and traditional tunes album. And I'm wondering if you, if you would say, Hey, Andy Z, what, you know, uh, which song would you want Andy Z to do? So basically I, I also got feedback, uh, from, 
um, from the fans basically, and uh, and that helped me formulate my decision. But the cool thing is, is that it was often, uh, you know, my my. You know, their requests for me were basically my requests for me, too. You know, mm-hmm. these were songs I always wanted to do anyway, so yeah. it worked out really well. That's really cool that you were able to reach out to your audience and sort of get them to interact and participate in the creation of this album. Were you surprised by any of the requests that you got? Yeah. I'd like to say, yeah, I was totally surprised, but no, actually, I was not. I was not that surprised. Uh, yeah, the only thing that really surprised myself, actually, when I was uh, uh, there was the, there was one more track I wanted to put on the album, and I didn't know what it was going to be. And then I was doing some research on the origins of a couple of other songs that were on the album uh, to make them the most authentic versions possible, which is why one of the big reasons I did this album, um, and. I found uh, this song called Ghost Riders in the Sky, and I said, wow. I go, I remember this song, and, and then I heard a version of it that I'd never heard before, and I said, oh, man, I have to do this. So I kind of surprised <laughs> kind of surprised myself when I found that and said, wow, I'm actually going to do this song. So it was basically became uh, not the 15th track in, in order, uh, in what the order ended up being, but it ended up being the last track that I, uh, that I recorded uh, for That's the album. That's so cool. And yeah. when did you first get into music, and what was the first sort of music genre that you explored and played around with? uh let's see gosh i started by banging on the piano when i was like three years old <laughs> so, and then i uh ended up doing some uh piano and i tried to take lessons but i ended up uh, uh getting uh well i ended up playing mostly by ear much to mm-hmm. my much to my instructor's chagrin but that was just kind of how i was how i was wired um and then i discovered guitar at 11 and that became my like uh go-to instrument and then i started singing once i got out of my shell enough to do so uh probably not until like my senior year of of high school so i just kept on doing it you know and uh and what i ended up doing is uh i I got more and more into it and i actually went to school and studied it and got my degree uh locally here from san francisco state and then uh I was in all sorts of bands. I was in uh, progressive rock bands and in pop metal bands in in the the 80s. And then in the 90s, I had my own alternative band together called Tin Man. And uh, we played uh, we played all over the place. And, uh, um, you know, and and then when I discovered kids music, which is about 2001, 2002, uh, you know, that that basically became my love and it became my uh my career too so basically there wasn't that much room uh although i still do write other other you know for for adults as well but uh or or teenagers or whatever you know but i just uh don't have time to (laughs) record or perform it because i'm doing kids music so wow very cool you're listening to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids network i'm your host raven devaney and right now we are talking with a very special musical guest andy z and he's telling us all about sort of his early beginnings in his music career and all about his new album classic songs and traditional tunes which features his own rendition of a lot of very classic american tunes and you know classic music um and it's a folk album which is awesome because i love folk music mm-hmm. um so you have children of your own what role do they play in your creative music process well actually i have <laughs> i have one daughter and she's actually 25 so <laughs> oh, wow. yeah so uh i mean but she likes my music too <laughs> so um but uh yeah it's uh it's i don't know you know i've been around kids for for 
for so long and even when i was a kid i was i was uh, uh i really had a connection with other kids and like kids that were younger than me and everything so it, when i rediscovered that it's just i'm being inspired and i'm being you know influenced by kids all the time because that's basically uh you know my career when in my career that's who i inter- interact with and uh and so it just uh you know they they influence me they inspire me and they they keep me uh they keep me young so uh, that's the cool thing about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and children love your music, and it seems like parents really love your music as well, and families. So what do you think sets you apart from other, you know, family music artists that are out there? Well, you know, I guess part of the difference is that I do, I mean, I have an imaginary world basically called Andy Land, which has its own, uh, you know, I, I have maps and everything. <laughs> so basically it's like a, it's like a, uh, I have my own characters and things like that. So that's a whole part that's actually, you know, supplements the music or it's, is, is, uh, you know, a part of the whole, uh, Andy Land experience, if you want to call it that. So, uh, that, that kind of sets me apart. And also the fact that I do have a lot of audio plays, you know, with a, a you know dialogue and story and a tour of Andy Land, you know, in be, and with uh, songs, you know, being uh, dialogue being in between the song tracks and things like that. Um, I think the only other thing, I mean, I do lots of music and movement, and I, I it's that energy I think that uh, that uh, at least fans tell me, you know, that they that they love because obviously when you're engaged and when you're moving around and, and all that, it's, it's, uh, not only healthy, but it's also, uh, it's also a lot of fun, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so, Absolutely. Um, well, Andy, thank you so much for talking with us all about, you know, your music and guys make sure you check him out on andyz.com and also, uh, check out his new album, classic songs and traditional tunes. And we are going to take a listen to his rendition of the classic song, Turkey in the Straw. But before we do that again, Andy, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate having you. Thank you for having me, Raven. Yeah. All right, guys, take a listen. And I 
couldn't get across Paid five dollars for a blind old hoss Wouldn't go ahead, nor he wouldn't stand still So he went up and down like an old sawmill Turkey in the straw Turkey in the hay Turkey in the straw Roll him up, twist him up high Tuck a haw and twist him up a tune Name a turkey in the straw As I came down the new cut road Met Mr. Bullfrog, met Miss Toad And every time Miss Toad would sing Old Bullfrog cut a pigeon wing Turkey in the straw Turkey in the hay Turkey in the straw Turkey in the hay Roll him up, twist him up high Tuck a haw, twist him up a tune Name a turkey in the straw Oh, I jumped in the seat and I gave a little yell The horses ran away, broke the wagon all to hell Sugar in the gourd and the honey in the horn Never been so happy since the day I was born Turkey in the straw Turkey in the hay Turkey in the straw What do you say? Roll him up, twist him up high, took a haw Twist him up a tune, name a turkey in the straw For a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and will review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kid's perspective. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids. Live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We were just talking to a wonderful musician, Andy Z, and we're also going to be talking about the films Tomorrowland and Pitch Perfect 2. Right now, I'm talking with Simone on the wonderful musical Pitch Perfect 2. How are you doing, Simone? Good, Kiefer. How are you? Fantastic. So, tell us a little about... Tell us a little bit about what this film is about. Okay, so it's been three years since the Barton Bellas and the last Pitch Perfect, and they are almost about to graduate, and they have made it. I mean, they're performing for the president, but something goes horribly wrong, and now to get their program back together, they need to compete in the World Acapella Championships. And we have a lot of more laughs, music, and it's pretty much another Pitch Perfect film, and it's absolutely entertaining. I, I think it is. It's fantastic to watch. Yes, that's so true. So, um, what did you think about the comedy in this film? 
I love the comedy. This film is so funny. I mean, there are some hilarious characters and even some of the not so big characters still add to the comedy and you'll be laughing throughout, throughout the entire movie. Yes, and also I have to mention that Haley Steinfeld, who is in this film, she's actually surprisingly funny because she actually can do really good comedy in this film. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of the characters, this is a very character-driven franchise. We have a we have all a lot of the characters have come back, and what did you think about them reuniting and also some of the new characters? I love the old characters, the Barton Bells getting back together. Fat Amy, of course, played by Rebel Wilson, is my favorite character. She is even funnier than ever, and then some of the new characters make you know their way into the movie, and I think they do a very good job. Totally, I feel like these actors really do embrace their characters. I mean, sometimes they're very over-the-top characters. They're not very characters you would see in everyday life. They're very over-the-top. They're very big and huge, but that makes it even more entertaining, especially in this... especially when you're in Pitch Perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. So, since this is a sequel, do you feel like audiences have to see the first film to get into the sort of atmosphere of this... of the Pitch Perfect? A little, yeah. I I would suggest watching the first movie before seeing the second movie because there are some characters from the first movie that make an appearance in the second one and it can be confusing for some people who haven't seen the original Pitch Perfect to catch on about what's going on in the second film. Totally, and there's also some running gags in there and some characters that you may want to get used to because these these characters are just... Once you get used to these characters, Dave, you can easily fall in love with them. Mm-hmm. So we have to talk about I feel like the highlight of this whole film Which is the musical performances They're absolutely spectacular What did you think? Oh my gosh, every song in that movie Just got me jumping and moving into my in my seat Excuse me And I remember after seeing the movie I'm checking on my phone to see if they came out with the album yet But I forget <laughs> that, you know The movie still hasn't come out in two days And I had to wait and it was just the funniest thing. Uh, I I love the music. It's I totally agree. I, there's just so much I agree with you with. It's it's updated, which is always great. And then the choreography and the production is so amazing, especially since this film is a, it's bigger. It's a broader film because instead of a tiny um, competition, this is a worldwide competition. They show off a lot of different acapella groups, even right. pentatonics. Yes, I was so happy to see Pentatonics back on the stage. If you're a Pentatonics fan, which is another famous a cappella group, you're going to love it because they make a cool little cameo in this film. Speaking of cameos, there's also a lot of celebrity cameos in this film that make that add on to the hilarity of this film. So what did you think about the celebrity cameos? Oh my gosh, the cameos were almost one of my favorite parts of the movie. I can't say that I love the cameos more than the humor in the movie, but the cameos were a big part. I mean, seeing all the familiar faces just pop up everywhere, you never knew who was going to show up next. And there are some very big name people that showed up in this movie, and that just made the movie, you know, ten times more interesting. Snoop Dogg, Keegan-Michael Key, oh my gosh, I'm a huge Key and Peele fan. Oh my gosh. A hilarious music producer, and there were just so many hilarious celebrity cameos like that, and even judges from The Voice. Oh my gosh, that it's, was oh, <laughs> you need to see the movie. That was one of the that was my favorite part of the entire they are, movie. 
so funny, and they really add on to the hilarity of the film. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and today we were just talking to the musical guest, Andy Z, also talking about Pitch Perfect 2 and Tomorrowland. I'm... Um, we'll continue talking to Simone about Pitch Perfect 2 and how the celebrity cameos are hilarious. The music is amazing. And we have a lot more Fat Amy in Pitch Perfect 2. So, Simone, we were talking about the celebrity cameos. What would you think, since we're talking about the comedy, what did you think was the funniest moment in the whole entire film? Hmm, I think the funniest moment in the film is when the Barden Bellas go on a sort of retreat for 48 hours to try to build, you know, their relationship and become closer with each other. And things kind of go wrong in the beginning. Um, I have to say there are some traps involved, but at the end, they all grow closer together and they really become a stronger group. And we also have another character that I'm not, I don't want to give it away, but we have another character that we see in the which is going to be a surprise for people who have seen the first Pitch Perfect, for the first Pitch Perfect, which is really cool to see this character come back. Now, this story is very interesting because I felt like it's been done before in Pitch Perfect. So what do you think about the story in this film? Do you feel like they've added something new to it or do you feel like it's like Pitch Perfect 1 again? The storyline, I feel like it's like Pitch Perfect 1, but amped up a level. I mean, like you were saying, it's now the world, you know, acapella championships. So they're going against different groups. The riff-offs are bigger and better than ever. And I think even though they already did the storyline a little bit, they did it better. And I think people are still going to be entertained about what they're watching. Totally. Think first. Think about the first Pitch Perfect and multiply it by a million or so because it's absolutely <laughs> right. amazing. And also, what is interesting, we have a new director in this film, Elizabeth Banks, who uh, makes a directing debut. What did you think about her directing this film? I am very impressed with Elizabeth Banks because not only did she direct it, but she also produced it and she acts in the movie. Yes. And she is one of the most hilarious characters in that movie. Totally. She plays one of the announcers um, with John Michael Higgins. And the two, the two comments are kind of insulting. <laughs> I yes, mean, a little they, bit, but a, a little bit insulting. But um, I feel like the comedy comes from just these these people would not exist and yet keep the jobs as a commenter because what they say is absolutely offensive towards the characters. But right, it's it's pretty funny, and some of the comments are clever, and I like I like how she directs it, and she does stay true to the characters and the story, and I feel like she did a really good job uh, hopping into director chair. Mm-hmm. So. What would you say, um, I understand you said your favorite character, but why is, um, Rebel, where is um, Fat Amy your favorite character? Fat Amy, in the first movie, you know, she was just the most, she was the funniest character. She didn't have any boundaries. She was the most, um, what's the word? I'll look for it. Um, you know, outgoing character in the movie. And then the second movie, like you said, it's amped up by about a million. So she's even more funnier and even more confident. And things happen that you never thought would happen. And you're watching it, you know, play out in front of your eyes. And it's just the funniest thing. And it's nice to see the characters actually grow a bit since they are um, graduating. You do see them try to live out their lives. And it's nice to see them go different directions than the first film. Right. Most of the characters, they sort of mature since it's been three years since the last Pitch Perfect movie. Now, what would you say the age range for this film is? 
Um, I said it's good for ages 14 to 18 because there are some jokes and some things that are kind of, you know, mature and should be, you know, heard by, you know, an older audience. But I think they'll still get it and they'll still love it. Totally agree. Uh, there, there are some risque jokes, but that, ki- that kids may not understand and also shouldn't hear. That's to- I totally agree with that. What would you think? Do you think there should be a Pitch Perfect 3? Um, I think they wrapped it up quite nicely. Um, but you know, at the end there, I think I did see that they made room for another Pitch Perfect. So we'll see. I would love to hear, you know, some more acapella covers and some of that. But yeah, I think there could be a Pitch Perfect 3 coming soon. Never know. But sequels are always hard because you're just trying to top yourself pretty much. And yeah, no, I... I don't think I personally I don't feel like there should be another pitch perfect because how could you go bigger be bigger than this because this is right. quite a gigantic film than the first one and what are they going to do sing in space right it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing it's it's a really good film I find it incredibly entertaining and how many stars would you give this film I gave it five out of five stars. Like you said, it's incredibly entertaining, hilarious, and I think lots of people will love this movie, especially if they've seen the first Pitch Perfect. Totally. Well, thank you so much, Simone, for talking about Pitch Perfect 2. It's been a pleasure, as always. Thank you, Kiefer. This film is in theaters now. Check it out. If you're a Pitch Perfect fan, and if you're not, well, please check out this film. It is incredibly entertaining. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids. Live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 
If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids. You are Real tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Now we are going to discuss the hilarious new film, Pitch Perfect 2, which is the sequel to the wonderful Pitch Perfect. And we have with us Kiefer and Lainey. Kiefer, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Thank you very much. And Lainey, how about yourself? I'm doing very well. Lainey, this is your first time on the show, so it is awesome to have you. Welcome to the radio show and all of its wonders. Um, So, Lainey, why don't you tell us a little bit about Pitch Perfect 2? Um, Pitch Perfect 2 is about these girls who are the Bellas performing, and they're an a cappella group. And they're performing in front of the they're performing in front of President Obama when something happens and they have to regain their status by winning the national championships. Mm-hmm. And did you see the original Pitch Perfect? Yes, I did. And what did you think of it in comparison to the sequel? I thought that Pitch Perfect Two was was so much more out there than Pitch Perfect 1, and I thought it was really good and amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you think about the visuals in this film and the cinematography and everything? I thought the visuals were really good because... Because... Um, because, um, well, their costumes were just absolutely amazing... And the cinematography, I thought, was really good, too, mm-hmm. because it really showed, it was really clear, and the shots are really good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, since, you know, this is sort of a, a music, well, it's not necessarily a musical, but there is quite a lot of music in it, because, as everyone knows, the acapellas are a music group. Um, so, there are a lot of big musical numbers and big productions. What did you think of the productions that went into that and the performances that were featured in the film? I thought that it was, that it was really cool the way they did it, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And what did you think about the music? I thought that the music was absolutely amazing, and I had it stuck in my head the whole time I was writing, I was driving home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Kiefer, what did you think about the big musical productions and the performances that were put on in the show? I agree with Lainey. I mean, I love that they update the music, and we have new music and also some older music in there. And it was awesome to hear Fallout Boys but in a German accent, that was actually pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kiefer, do you have a favorite music group that performed besides the acapellas, obviously? 
Oh, I have to pick Das Sound Machine because they, <laughs> they were, I, they were really good. They were, they were amazing. That or Pentatonics, who had a brief cameo in there, which was fun. They were, they were great groups in there. Yeah, and Lainey, what about you? Do you have another group that you liked that really performed well? Um, I agree with Kiefer. I really love. I thought the Das Sound Machine group was really good too. Hmm. Yeah, we were talking um, before the before we got into this segment that uh, one of the main performers or singers in that is Flula Borg, who's a huge YouTube star, and we all love and adore him. So that was really yes. cool to see him. Um, so, Lainey, what did you think of the acting in this film? I thought that the acting was really strong, especially Rebel Wilson played. Mm-hmm. Well, she played Fat Amy, and I thought she was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I love Rebel Wilson. I think she's so funny in everything that she's been in. Um, and, uh, yeah, I always I love her in this movie. I haven't seen Pitch Perfect 2 yet, which uh, I can't even believe myself for not seeing it. Um, but in the first one, it was, it was amazing. Um, so do you have a favorite character? My favorite character would be Becca, played by Anna, Anna Kendrick, because she has an amazing voice and she's super talented. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kiefer, what about you? Do you have a favorite character? Um, as well as I mentioned before, I do love Haley Steinfeld, who plays Emily. She's a new Bella. I was pleasantly surprised because not only is she actually a very talented singer, but I associate her with dramatic roles. But she's actually very funny. She's actually a very funny actress in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really surprised to see that Haley Steinfeld was in this because, as you said, she has been in sort of a lot more serious parts. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think of Haley Steinfeld and go, oh, music. Um, but I think it's really cool that she's in this. And, you know, I'm excited to see what she does with it. Yes. Um, so, Lainey, do you have a favorite scene in this film that you want to share with us? Um, my favorite scene of the movie was when they were camping because I thought it was really fun, funny. And also, I thought that it was kind of cool to see the girls bonding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I always, in the first movie, I always loved all of, like, the group scenes and whatnot, because I think all of the dynamics in the acapellas is hilarious, and I always love to see them work together. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Tavani, and today we have been talking with a very special guest, Andy Z, and right now we are reviewing the films Pitch Perfect 2, and later we will be talking about the new film, Tomorrowland. Um, so right now I have with us Lainey and Kiefer, and we are talking all about Pitch Perfect 2, which seems absolutely hilarious, and I cannot wait to see it. It is even, uh, it is packed even more full of, you know, laughs and music and singing and drama and, and all the things you could hope for in a wonderful movie. Uh, so yeah, I think that's very cool. Um, so Lainey, talk to us a little bit about the music selection. Do you have a favorite song that was done or a favorite rendition um, that you heard throughout the film? Um, my favorite song would be Winter Wonderland slash Here Comes Santa Claus because I thought it was really funny how Snoop Dogg was in it and he was singing it with Anna Kendrick. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and what about you, Keeper? Do you have a favorite song that was done? Yeah, I have to pick Dust Sound Machine for performing Fall Out Boy's Light Em Up, which was <laughs> absolutely epic. That was so cool because that's one of my the songs I listen to because I feel like it's an absolutely amazing song. Yeah, that song kind of got like a cult following, I realized, <laughs> like since it came out, like so many people just like adore it and are obsessed with it. I mean, it is a very powerful song, like it really pumps you up. So I think that's really cool that Dust Sound Machine um, 
did that song. Yeah. Uh, so, Lainey, what do you think about, as I was talking a little bit before, um, about, like, the dynamics between everyone um, and, you know, in the group, what do you think about the relationships between them and how they all work together? Um, well, I think the relationships, well, they really show how the girls are connected to each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, and I know you mentioned that Becca was your favorite character, but uh-huh. besides Becca, um, who of the acapellas really stands out to you or someone that you really like? Um, Rebel Wilson, played by <laughs> Fat Amy again. She really stands out. Uh, I love Fat Amy. She's so yeah. great. She's wonderful. Um, so, besides the fact that, you know, this film is just full of music and laughs and good times, um, what do you think uh, is any morals or messages that comes out from this film i think that the moral of the story is that is that to work together and and you'll achieve a lot Mm -hmm. absolutely i think that is a beautiful message what do you think Kiefer? i feel like the message which i totally agree with laney but another message i found was stay true to your voice because um some of the um the bellas that are lose themselves as as a team and they don't, some characters don't know who they are outside the Bellas. So they go on a journey about to figure out who they are and what they want to do with their life so they can create a stronger team like the Bellas. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kiefer, I know you talked about this a little bit in the last segment, but this is uh, directed by Elizabeth Banks, who I absolutely adore. I think she is such a phenomenal actress and such an inspiration for me as an actress to look up to because she... Is so versatile in her roles, and mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that she's moving on to directing, I think, is very, very interesting. Um, so, like, did she direct the last Pitch Perfect, or was this the first film that she's directed? No, this is the first film she directed. The last film was directed by Jason. Oh my gosh, I am blanking out his name. Um, uh, it's so, but she did not direct the first one. Yeah. She produced it. Um, but it was nice. It's nice to have an actor or um, to kind of go out of their comfort zone pretty much and direct a film because um, she did actually a great job. She stayed true to the characters. She stayed true to the feeling of Pitch Perfect, which is which is very nice, which is really good for her to do. And she's she's always funny with her character as as the commenter in the film. She's hilarious. And no, I'm really glad that she's um, directing and actually she did a great job directing this film. So hopefully I see more work from her. And did you notice a difference in the directing style from uh, the first film? Um, not really, actually, because I felt like the story was a, was pretty much the same setup and same sort of direction as the second one, uh, yeah, as absolutely. the first one. So not much of a difference, except for maybe a a broader scale. I think there's more since there's the Pitch Perfect has has more of a following now. Yeah. I felt like they were able to use more. So I think that's just because. Because of that, so yeah. not much of a diff- not too much of a difference, but still, Elizabeth Bank had a tiny mm-hmm. little um, point in there. Yeah, well, that is good to hear. Um, Lainey, could you tell us how many stars you give this film and uh, who you would recommend it for? What H rating you would give? Um, I would give this film a four out of five stars, and I would recommend this movie for the ages thirteen to eighteen years mm-hmm. old because there is some crude humor in it 
Awesome. Well, guys, make sure you check out Pitch Perfect 2. I personally know that I cannot wait to see it. Uh, Lainey, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. It is awesome to have you, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. And Kiefer, thank you. It is a pleasure, as always, to get to talk with you in a segment. Thank you very much, and congratulations, uh, congratulations, Lainey, for being on the radio show. Thank you. (laughs) Let's take a break. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, from Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. person and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet but are you doing enough we've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green mario jr is the host of alive and green the show is all about green tips staying environmentally friendly and having fun while doing something great for our mother earth you'll want to check out the show tuesdays at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time on the voice america kids channel if we all do our part now it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We were just talking about the wonderful films, Pitch Perfect 2, and also musical guest Andy Z was on the show. Right now, I'm going to be talking to Clayton and Triana about the Disney-inspired attraction film, Tomorrowland. How are you doing, Clayton? I'm doing very well. How are you doing, Kiefer? Fantastic now. How are you, Triana? I'm very good. So, um... Triana, tell us a little bit about Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland is basically a movie about the future. You go into two different worlds, the future and today's time. It's very suspensive, and it's like, and it's a very good movie to watch. But it's about all these... I think the word you're looking for is suspenseful. And um, Clayton, since this film is based off a Disney attraction, um, how, how do the filmmakers do by creating this film and turning it into a narrative? I actually feel like they did very well with doing that. And this is not the first time they have they created a Disney film out of a, one of their attractions. We've had Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, and um, Pirates of the Caribbean was surprisingly amazing. It was a great franchise with it based off its ride, and Haunted Mansion was okay, and this film looks as equally as good. Yeah, so, um, it's very good. This film was directed by a... I, I, felt like, I feel like this director is very... Un, um, is not known as much, but he should be because he's a great director. Brad Bird, who's directed a lot of the Pixar films like The Incredibles, Ratatouille, including one of my childhood films, Iron Giant, and he's directing this film. What did you think about his directing style in this film? I actually really liked the vibrant and bright way that he made the movie. It got me in a really good mood. Totally. I really liked it. Yeah, he's created some really good films, and it's nice to see him um, come back into directing. He's really good. So, um, 
What did you think about, since you were talking about the visuals, the special effects in this film? The special effects, there was not that much as like the future and like all the jet packs. And gr- yeah, there was a lot of special effects. Um, there was a lot of futuristic grenades and laser guns and all these crazy robotically engineered characters and i felt like they did uh, really well at special effects with all those really awesome destructive things <laughs> <laughs> um clayton uh this question could um t- well i might as well ask have you been to disneyland no i have not Oh, no. Well, I guess you need to be going to Disneyland then. You need to go to Disneyland, the happiest place on Earth. Well, since I live in California, I have been to Disneyland, and I've gone to Tomorrowland quite a, um, quite a few times, and I was just interested in how they were going to turn this attraction into a film. So I'm excited to see that um, that it's actually getting good reviews, and you'll enjoy it. So hopefully um, I'll be able to check out this film ASAP. So, Triana, what did you think about the acting in this film? The acting was very good because they did a lot of suspense and also it was a lot of robots, so that that made it very cool. Totally agree. And we have, of course, the beauty of George Clooney is in this film. (laughs) So what did you think about George Clooney and um, Britt Britt Robertson, who is also in this film? I'm sorry, Clayton, what did you think about George Clooney and um, Britt Robertson? Uh, George Clooney, I felt like, did a very good job, like usual, and I haven't really seen anything with Britt Robertson, so... I don't really. Uh, well, Britt Robinson that. has also been. Um, have you seen The Longest Ride? I don't think so. No. She was. Al- she was also in that film, and that's where she- I've. I- I've seen her before, but um, she looks good in this film. She was pretty good. For- yeah, I think she did like three or four movies so far. Yeah. yeah. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and we've been talking about the films Pitch Perfect 2 and also musical guest Andy Z. Right now, we're going to continue talking to Clayton and Triana on Tomorrowland. So, um, Triana, what did you think about the visuals in this film? Um, I thought the film was very great, and it basically captivates your mind into the future and you think about the future very much and you might think about how this might actually happen in your own world today but it was like a mystery of the future and it was you had a lot of suspenses about the film i, I like futuristic films i love learning about the future Great Scott uh-huh. um no i i love this film it looks absolutely beautiful and yeah. it does it looks like it does exactly what film's supposed to do which is transport you into um different words you've never seen before and it, it looks gorgeous so uh, yeah, it was can't wait to see it so clayton what did you think about the storytelling in this film the storytelling what do you mean about the storytelling can you meaning did you find the storytelling was was original and was original and also kept the audience um on their toes and was just very just entertaining in general Yes, I definitely feel that. I feel like no other movie has really done this. I feel like it's very unique, and they put a lot of time and love into this movie. Yes, it certainly it certainly looks like they have. Clayton, compare this film, this Tomorrowland, which is a futuristic kind of film, to like maybe other sci-fi films you may have seen. Did you feel like it was it was different? It was similar? Like, what did this film do differently than other sci- sci-fi films? I want to compare it to Terminator a little bit because <laughs> yes. It was a lot less, like, robotic-y. I feel like it was more human and, like, going more, like, back to the future a little bit. So. Oh, and I will mention here that this film, which I am happy to see, it's a futuristic film, but it's not a post-apocalyptic futuristic film. It's, um, I feel like a lot of like um, films that deal with the future talk about the end of the world or apocalypse or... Um, 
we have to save the space-time continuum. But this one looks like it, it takes... Of course, there was drama like that, but it's, it's not poc- apocalypse like a lot of the sci-fi films that's been happening in today's film, which is really nice. It kind of goes back to the lighter side of the film. Yes, definitely. So, Triana, what did you think about... Was there anything that was unique that you found in this film? I thought it was unique because they had, like, actual robots in the film. And it was, like, very different, like, tools, like, to shoot people and stuff. It was, like, very different. And was there any, like, specific and unique designs of these tech, um, technological buildings and um, weapons? Yeah, it was. they were, like, basically made of plastic. It was very cool, and they they had, like, laser guns. It was very cool. Plastic laser guns. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, what did you think, Clayton, about the designs of the technology? The designs were very well made. I loved all their, like, hand, like, laser explosive weaponry and all their crazy grenades and everything. It was very destructive and cool. It sounds like it. Triana, I didn't ask you this. Have you ever been to Disneyland at all? No. Nope. Okay. Um, are both... Um, Triana, are you familiar with Disneyland at all? Like, you know about some of the attractions at all? No, not really. Not really. Clayton, are you, do you know some of the attractions? Not really. The only place I've been is to Legoland. Legoland. Okay. Well, are there any amusement park rides or... Any attractions in the world that you would like to see be turned into a film? Let's start with you, Clayton. Is there anything like that you will see into a film? Can you re-say uh, what you just said, please? Are there any um, attractions or rides in the world, like you've been to amusement parks, that you would like to be turned into a film? Not really, because I feel like they would make it into, like, not really a cheesy, but, like, not so well-made, put-in, like, a lot of love movie. I feel like they would just get it done quickly and try to rake in the money and everything. It didn't look like Tomorrowland does that. It looks like Tomorrowland put a lot of love and um, yeah. effort into its writing and storytelling. So, that's good. And, Triana, how many stars would you give this film? I give it five out of five stars. Clayton, how many stars do you give this film? Five out of five stars. It's unanimous. We all love the film. Well, I need to check out the film so I can equally love it as well. So, thank you very much, Clayton and Triana, for talking about Tomorrowland. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network to check out our movie reviews and DVD, uh, check out our reviews on latest film and DVD releases. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. Also, if you want to be a Kids First film critic, check out our website. Also, we're on Huffington Post Teen Section. We are also sponsored by Kidstar. We empower kids. I'm Keeper Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice America Kids Network. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. My name is Lizzie Marie from Bookworm. Now from the Kids Start Album of the Month, here is the Wiz Pops and their song, Anglerfish. Swim very fast Slightly larger
Wisp Pops from the Kidstar Album of the Month. 